As we pray together, I want to use part of the prayer Paul prayed for the Ephesian Christians, and you, you can find this prayer in Ephesians 3, but just listen and be blessed by this. Paul prayed that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, that's our our prayer tonight, that you would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, and in particular, the love of God for us. God, I pray that you would give us strength to comprehend how high and how wide and how deep and how long is the love of Christ for us. Lord, so that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. God, do that tonight for our good and for your glory. And would you make us more like Jesus because of our time now in your word. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Young, go ahead and be seated. Thank you, worship team. Love that you guys lead us in worship so well. Uh, I want to introduce two folks who are here. Caitlin, a good friend from Georgia, coming up to visit us. Good friend of Emily's. Yeah, she's from University of, well, she's not, you're not currently at the University of Georgia, but you're in the state of Georgia. And, and then Molly, where are you, Molly? Okay, yes. She was a part of JMURUF a few years ago, went to the mission field in Ireland, and now is back with us, at least here at JMU, for a a short time. We're really glad that you're here, too. Um, Great, great to have you all back. Uh, I want to make one announcement, then we'll just jump right into the word. So I I announced this last week. This will be the last time. Um, You're welcome to to sign on throughout the semester, but after school program and kids club are kicking into full gear. These are two ministries that we partner with through a local church that reach out to immigrant communities, kids club mainly to Middle Eastern and North African uh, immigrant population, and then uh, after school program, Latino communities. Did I get that right? I messed it up last time. Okay, Uh, uh, after school program to Latino community. And just kind of overview, we teach them what the Bible says. Uh, We love them, we play with them, we give them snack, we help them with homework basically just how to be good human beings. Um, So we spent about two hours, you pick a day of the week, you don't have to do every day. After school programs on Tuesdays, three to five, kids club, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday's the biggest need, five to 645. So if you wanna help out with that, you need to come talk to me tonight. We need to get you through a a process because you're working with kids and we need to get that, uh, there's a process in place for that. So find me tonight if you want in on that or, or just interested and have questions. We'd love to tell you more about that. Okay, why, why, do we, why do we spend time studying the Bible? Well, as you heard Hannah say, God reveals himself to us in this book. And, and not only himself, but also how he made the world and how he made us and who he made us to be. And I, can't, I really can't think of more important subjects than what I just listed for you. So this is probably the most, these 25, 30 minutes are are the most important of your day. Not to over magnify my importance by any stretch, but 
really what God has to say is the most important thing you'll hear today. So we're going to take a look at that. Um, I, I also don't pretend that we know it all or that we've got all the questions answered about what you're going to hear or about Christianity in general. So if you have questions or, or yeah, pushback on what you hear tonight, find me, find a, uh, you know what, staff, ministry team, put your hands up. These are all folks that would, would love to walk with you in this. Thanks, y'all. Um, and, and help answer any questions. The worst thing you can do is try to figure this out in isolation because God did not make us for that. God made us for relationship and community, even figuring out questions of faith. Um, so find one of us. We'd love to, to talk with you about that. Well, let, let, let's dive in. Uh, so I, I think some of you may know this, but when our kids were in elementary school, they were, they were homeschooled. Uh, for those elementary years. And one of my wife's, she, she did most of the teaching. I did very little, if I'm being honest. Um, but one of her favorite science lessons was the caterpillar changing to butterfly lesson. And, and so every spring, we would like go out to places to look for milkweed. Do, do you all know what this is? Um, I would have a hard time describing it, but it's a stalk that, I don't know, is like two or three feet tall. And then we would turn the leaves up and look for these bright colored caterpillars that would be chomping on the bottoms of these leaves. And it became an obsession for Terry. One time while we were, tra while we were traveling 75 miles an hour, I caught her scanning the sides of I-81 looking for milkweed. And she was driving. And I had to say, honey, we're not stopping. I'm not getting out and picking milkweed so we can take it home. We're going to have to do that in other places. But we'd find these beautiful multicolored caterpillars that would eventually attach to the bottom of the leaf and form this J-shaped chrysalis. And then, I don't know, a week or, or, or two weeks later, would just bust out as this monarch butterfly. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you did this. Well, I think there's a spiritual analogy in that. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What that's saying is all who follow Jesus are being made new. The old nature is being left behind. Something new, something free, something beautiful is being formed. And if you're in Christ, that's you. If you're in Christ tonight, God's Spirit lives within you. And if God's Spirit lives within you, He's determined to change you. He bears fruit in you. Galatians 5 gives us a list of the fruit that the Spirit bears in us, the traits that He forms and shapes in us. So listen again. We'll read this every week. We're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit this semester. So we're just going to read these two verses every week so we get it into our heads and our hearts. And then as we talk about that particular fruit, we're going to look at another passage, which we'll get to in just a second. But here we go. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, so these, these are the things God's Spirit in us produces, in us, okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So that's our list. And we're going to look at these, like I said, one at a time and in that order. So tonight, let's look at the fruit of the spirit of love from 1 John 4. So you can turn there in your Bible on your phone or just look behind me. And we'll read verses 7 through 21 of 1 John 4, which talks a lot about love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. There's a lot here. We're not going to be able to cover it all, but I want to talk about three big ideas that, that come up out of this text. First of all, the love of God. Second, love for God. And then third, love for others. The love of God, love for God, and then love for others. The love of God. Notice how many times love and God are mentioned together in this passage. Let me go over a few of those for you. Verse 7, love is from God. Verse 8, God is love. Verse 9, the love of God. 10, he loved us. 11, God so loved us. 16, the love God has for us, and he does it again. God is love. Verse 19, he first loved us. The love of God is mentioned eight times in this short text. And it's not just here. It's one of the major themes in all of the Bible, that God loves his people. In fact, if you go all the way back to the Old Testament, back in Exodus, when God revealed himself to Moses, Moses wanted to know, who are you, God? And God used these words to describe himself to Moses. Listen to this. The Lord, the Lord a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, listen to this, and abounding in steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. God's own self-revelation is this. I am merciful, and I am gracious, and I am abounding in steadfast love. 
Throughout the Bible, there are several analogies that God uses for his relationship to his people. You've got examples like shepherd and sheep, father and children, vine dresser or or gardener and vine. But one of the most common and most frequent analogies God uses is that of husband and wife. What I take out of that is when God sought to communicate what his relationship to his people was like, he chose to describe it with the love a husband has for his wife. Can you believe that? That's amazing. The God who made the heavens, the earth, and everything in them loves his people as a husband loves his bride. That's stunning because you know your heart. You know your thoughts. You know your words. You know your actions. I know mine. And I'm not worthy of this kind of love. But that's what God's word says. And if you struggle to believe that, this verse, this passage points us to the cross. That's what verse 9 and 10 are saying. Look back there. In this, the love of God was made manifest or, or evident to us that God sent his only son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's what that's saying. The greatest evidence of the love of God is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10 uses the word propitiation, which refers to the turning away of God's wrath because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Because of our sin, all that rebellion that we've committed in thought, word, and deed, in the things that we've done and the things we've left undone, because of all that, we deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus came to die on the cross, to take away our sin, and to turn away God's wrath. And it was God who sent him. God sent his son to pay the price for our sin. God did it, and he did it out of love. Hear it again, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation for our sins. Y'all, we, we got to get this because this is where the Christian life begins and is sustained. This is the seed that bears the fruit of the Spirit, not only love, but the rest of them. This is the seed that bears forth that fruit. It's the love of God that gives birth to love in your heart and in mine. Here's what one pastor said about this love of God. Look at the the quote behind me and follow along. Uh, By the way, this is from the book Deeper, which happens to be on our book table. So you can check that out later tonight. A little book blurb. All right, so here we go. If you are a Christian, God made you so that he could love you. That's a stunning statement. God made you so that he could love you. His embrace of you is the point of your life. I know you don't feel it, and even that is taken care of. He wants you to know a love that is yours, even when you feel undeserving or numb. 
The love of God is not something to see once and believe and then move beyond other truths or strategies for growing in Christ. The love of God is what we feed on our whole lives long, wading ever more deeply into this endless ocean. And that feeding, that wading itself, is what fosters growth. We grow in Christ no further than we enjoy His embrace of us. His tender, mighty, irreversible embrace into His own divine heart. Oh, how I want us to be a people feeding on the love of God. How I want us to be a people wading out into that glorious ocean our whole lives long. You will grow in Christ no further than you enjoy His embrace of you. The more you know the love of God, the more you will grow in your love for God. So I want to move on to that. Love for God. Now, this one out of the three we're going to be talking about isn't as, as, as explicit in this text, but it's there. If you look back at verses 19 through 21, those verses talk about our love for God. And Jesus himself said the, the greatest commandment is, y'all know? Shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Matt Long. There you are. What's happening for you this May? <laughs> good, good. All right, you got that. Yeah, all right, good. All right. When, when you stand before Izzy on your wedding day, what promises will you make to her? Yeah, what will those vows sound like? Um, you can just improv, like Matt, Matt Long version. <laughs> you didn't know this was coming. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. Anybody who's been to a wedding, what, what, what's he going to vow? Sickness and in hell? Better for worse? Richer or poorer? Till death do us part? All those things, right? Don't worry, I'll remember them. Yeah, good, good. We're expecting better. All right. And this stays here. Izzy does not hear about that. Microphone, yeah. For richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, till death do us part. That relationship is an all-in commitment. Commitment. Not 50%, not part-time, not I'm going to continue to see old lovers. How would that go? <laughs> not, not so well. You'd be picking your teeth up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, she expects complete commitment, and she should. Why do we live like the bar is lower in our relationship with God? When Jesus says we're to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, he's saying we're to love God with our whole being, with all of who we are. It's an all-in commitment. So what does it look like to love God with, with this kind of complete commitment? Well, a, a few things come to my mind. First, we strive to know him by knowing his word. This book 
is how God has chosen to reveal himself. And so we spend time getting to know him by spending time in the word. We speak to him in prayer, which is just talking to God like we talk to a friend. So we speak to him. We praise him for who he is. We thank him for what he's done. We confess our sin. We ask him for what we need. And we take our sadness and our sorrow to him. So we pray. We worship both privately and corporately like we've already done here tonight. Like hopefully you do at a local church every Sunday with God's people. Fourthly, we're faithful to his commands, all of them, not not just the ones we like, not just the ones we agree with. God said it, it's good, and we do what he says, and we follow where he leads. And one of the clearest signs that we're growing in our love for God is that we're growing in our love for others. Because love for God always, always moves us outward to love our neighbor. That's what we're going to talk about lastly, love for others. If we know the love of God and if we have a love for God, then we will love others. You see it in verse 7, 8, 11, 12, 20, 21. And those last two verses, 20 and 21, say it as strongly and clearly as I think they can. Listen to it again. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. John's not messing around here. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. If we love God, we will love one another. But what is love? Any of y'all got a song going through your head right now? (laughs) Yes, it's unavoidable. (laughs) I won't sing it for you. Talk to me afterward. What does it mean to love one another? Let's start with this as a definition. This is the Joe Slater official definition. Love, y'all deserve better, I know. (laughs) Love is a commitment to affection for and action on behalf of another, independent of their worthiness or ability to, to reciprocate. Love is a commitment to affection for and action on behalf of another, independent of their worthiness or ability to to reciprocate. True, genuine love can only be motivated by and modeled after the love of God. So we love because he first loved us. What has been given to us must then flow through us. Because God has loved us with a gracious and steadfast love, We love each other with that same kind of love. But practically speaking, what does that look like? What does it mean to love each other? What does that kind of love look like? There's a parable that Jesus told that's going to help us here. And we'll turn there and we'll we'll end on this passage. If you have a Bible and want to turn there, it's Luke 10, 30 through 37. It will be on the screen behind me. Y'all will know it as the parable of the Good Samaritan which Jesus tells basically to explain what love is, okay? Uh, Ethan, are you in this room? Yes. I love how you read. Will you read this for us? Yes. Thanks. Good and loud for us. Um, While while Ethan's reading, you're going to get this question after he's done, just so you're ready. How did the Samaritan love the man who was beaten? How did the Samaritan love the man who was beaten? You ready, Ethan? 
Come on, man. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he saw among robbers who stripped them and beat him in the car, leaving him half dead. Now the box chance the priest who was going down that road when he saw him pass by on the other side. So likewise, the Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed him by on the other side. But a Samaritan, my teacher, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring Thanks, Ethan. All right, what did y'all see there? How did the Samaritan love the man who, who had been beaten? Go ahead. Yeah, stop, stop what he was doing. Help out. Good. What else? Took care of his wounds. Took care of his wounds. What else? Yeah, cared for him physically, I, I guess we could say it that way. What else did y'all say? What's that? Gave him his animal. Yeah. Yeah, shared the, the animal that he had to, to let him ride on that. What else? Expected nothing in return. Yeah, expected nothing in return. Somebody was going to say? Spent his money. Yeah, spent, spent the money that he had. Sacrificed his reputation. Sacrificed his reputation. How, how so, Kat? Um, what are you thinking there? I mean, and here's someone like beaten and down on his luck by even associating with him, like that's kind of stooping to his level. Good. So, so think about maybe, the, maybe these three things. Thank you all for it, the ones that answered. I think the parable tells us three things uh, and more, but at least these three things about love. First, love is active. Love is active because if it's not shown, then it's not love. I think that's why Jesus included the two passers-by. Did y'all notice that? They did nothing wrong, except that they did nothing. Their love wasn't, there was no active love. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we like to talk about love, or we like the idea of love, or we like to post about love on our social media. But it's a lot harder to love when you've got somebody in front of you who needs loving. Love requires that you care about them. Love demands that you act on their behalf, which is exactly what we see in this parable. So love is active. Look no farther than Jesus coming in love, going to the cross in love for us. Love is active. Second, love is sacrificial. It will cost. Love is sacrificial. What did it cost the Samaritan? Well, y'all mentioned a few. Time, money, comfort, convenience, risk. There was physical, social, economic risk in all this. I, I wonder how much we hold back on love because we're, we're too selfish with our, our time and our money. Or, or too fearful of getting involved or, or being uncomfortable 
or, or unwilling to trust that God can provide all that we need as we make the sacrifices necessary to love. So on that last one, hear me. Let me just free you up here. We can love freely because God provides abundantly. We can love, we don't have to be fearful that we're gonna run out of time or energy, energy or resources. Like God has all of those and can supply all that we need for all he's called us to do in loving others. Do y'all, do y'all, understand, do y'all get what I'm saying here? So we can be set free from that because God provides abundantly. There's no limit to his resources. And since he's the one providing, we have nothing to fear. And thirdly, love is unconditional. Unconditional. Notice the criteria for the Samaritan's love. It wasn't based on race, class, compatibility, or ability to love him back. It was based simply on need. He saw someone in need and he moved toward that one in need. Let me ask you, do you know anyone in need? Everyone you meet, every single person you interacted with today was a person in need. Some need physical care, some need a listening ear, some need an encouraging word, some just need a friend, and all need the love of Jesus. And listen, I, I know we're finite and limited and, and there are boundaries. We, we can't love all with this kind of love, but don't let that be an excuse for not loving some because God has put us around some that we can and are called to love. Last thought comes from 1 Corinthians 13. It says this about love. You might speak in the tongue of angels, you might have all knowledge and power to work miracles. You might have the strictest of morals and the deepest of faith. But if you have not love, you are nothing. That's what God's word says. God's spirit produces love. And by that spirit, we know the love of God and we're empowered to love God and love others. And this love that we're talking about starts with the love of God. So... Let me ask you maybe the most fundamental question I'm going to ask you tonight. Do you know the love of God? Look to the cross where Jesus paid for your sin and see the love of God. Trust in him for the forgiveness of your sin. Follow him and he will make you new. And you will love because he first loved us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the the great, great love of God. Thank you that you have loved us with a steadfast and an everlasting love, that it wasn't dependent on anything in us, but simply the fact that you chose to love us. And thank you that in that love, you sent your son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sin. God, I pray that we would never tire of hearing this that that would warm our hearts to love you and to love our neighbor more than we do right now. So Lord, send us out into this world to be your agents of love on this campus, in this city, and in this world. 
And Lord, start by showing us, revealing to us, and capturing us with your very love for us. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.